Welcome to the Gardens Podcast. This message titled, This Changes Everything, was given by Darren Roundson and is the third in our series, The Kingdom of God. Good morning. All right. Hey, um, this is our one-year anniversary. That's cool. We are one year old today. That's, a, that's an exciting time for us. It's uh, all of us. It's not just me or, or the worship team or the guy that's doing announcements. By the way, in case you didn't catch this, we're a church that lives out the gospel six other days a week. Did anyone hear that like four times? Or is that just me? I'm just kidding. Good job, Billy. Love you, man. Hey, so happy birthday, guys. We are one year old and we're, we're going strong and we only have one service, obviously. Uh, I, got, I got a lot today, so why don't you grab a Bible? If you don't have one, raise your hand. We'll give you a yellow one. Um, Someone might pass you one, maybe not. But if you don't have a Bible at home, uh, please take this Bible. It's our gift to you. We'd love for you to read the Word and, and stay in that. Um, we're continuing a series. My name's Darren. I'm one of the pastors here. I teach along with Bill Doctrine, who's one of our teaching pastors. We are continuing a series today on the kingdom, following Jesus in times of chaos. And uh, last week... Um, where we start, Bill talked about the, the identity of Jesus. It's, Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, and the dove comes down and he hears this voice from heaven. He's anointed with the Holy Spirit and says, You are my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. And Jesus begins his public ministry with the confirmation and the affirmation of his identity. And we continued with the story last week, and we, we looked at how Jesus was immediately tempted by Satan, or Satan. Did anyone catch that last week? That was weird, by a prosecuting attorney, basically. I was tripping out on that. I don't know about you. I was like, come on, Bill. Um, <laughs> what are you doing? And, uh, but, we, but we looked at the implications for, for all of us, sharing in his identity and recognizing our belovedness. And this morning, uh, we're going to read it and pick up in, in Mark chapter 1. We're going to look at two verses. Mark 1. Verse 14 and 15. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. So John is is arrested and Jesus begins His public ministry and He begins in Galilee which was an insignificant place in Israel. You would never go there if you wanted to start a religious movement. It's like going to Fresno or something. Um, and I'm sorry if you're from Fresno. I love you guys. Just kidding. <laughs> you don't start it there. And, uh, but Jesus is proclaiming, He's heralding the good news, the Gospel of God. And Mark summarizes this teaching of Jesus. This is the core teaching of Jesus Christ. Mark is basically summarizing his whole message into one statement. So in order for us to really grasp the kingdom this morning, we really need to look at what Jesus is saying here. And so like I did two weeks ago, I want to I answer some things from the Old Testament, um, but I want to spend some time giving you some theology. So don't check out on me. I'll do my best to make it fun. And then we'll land where this really matters. How does this impact us today? So you with me for the journey? All right. Happy birthday. Awesome. 
Jesus says this, the time is fulfilled, the kairos is fulfilled, or the kairos. Well, kairos is not sequential time. He's not talking about chronos in Greek, a time that's linear. He's talking about a crisis. Something has been fulfilled. What time is Jesus talking about? What time is Jesus talking about? The time is fulfilled. Jesus is using language that was so provocative, that was so anticipated, that people would have been beating themselves up, waiting to see what would happen. He's saying the time is fulfilled. Well, what time is it? I'm going to take you to eight verses in the, in the uh, Old Testament to answer this question. Because every single Jewish person that would have heard Jesus said the time is fulfilled would have, been, would have known exactly what Jesus was talking about. They would have known that Jesus was saying that the age to come is fulfilled or the day of the Lord is here. The, the end, the age that will be is present right now. That's what he's saying. But in order for us to grasp that, we have to understand what the Jewish community would have been seeing or hearing if it was, if it was our time, if, if Jesus was saying this to us, we have to recognize the Old Testament. So you guys with me to do an Old Testament detour? Isaiah chapter 2. I'm going to read eight different um, verses, and I'm going to kind of speed through these. Just to make a point, Jesus is saying that the age to come is here. I'll explain that in a second. But I want to show you what, is, what the age to come is marked by. So you have to realize that the, old, uh, the Jewish community, they were anticipating something known as the day of the Lord, which would usher in the age to come. Okay, so go to Isaiah chapter 2. i got to get there. Isaiah chapter 2, verse 2. It says this. Um, okay. In the days to come, or in days to come, he's talking about the age to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established at the highest of the mountains and shall be raised above the hills and the nations shall stream to it. Many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, the house of God of Jacob, that He may teach us His ways and that we may walk in His paths. Go to uh, verse 4. He shall judge between the nations and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and the spears into uh, pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. In the age to come, in the days to come, there will be peace on earth. Kingdoms and nations will flood to Israel and they will learn the way of the Lord. Go to Isaiah 11. Isaiah 11, verse 2, again, we're going to jump around a lot. I just want to, I want to give you a picture of what he's talking about. Um, uh, verse 2, it says, The Spirit of the Lord shall rest on him. It's talking about the Messiah. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. Go to verse 6. He's describing what it's going to look like when he comes, this age to come. Well, the wolf shall live with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, and their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put its 
hand on the adder's den. Apparently, the age to come looks like the Jungle Book and and a Disney movie. Um, And it continues on. It says, They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the water covers over the sea. In the age to come, this is a picture of harmony of creation, animals and people living back into the intended order God created in the first place. It's like Genesis. He's describing shalom. In the age to come, life on earth will be marked by peace and the knowledge of Yahweh will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. That's an incredible picture. Go to Isaiah 26. I'm going to speed through a couple more. Isaiah 26, we're, as you can tell, we're going to the right in our Bibles. So if you don't know, just keep going right. Um, verse 19 of 26, Your dead shall live, their corpses shall rise. O dwellers in the dust, awake and sing for joy, for your dew is a radiant dew, and the earth will give birth to those long dead. In the age to come, when the day of the Lord comes, It will be marked by the resurrection of the dead, according to Isaiah 26. The dead will be raised. Go to uh, Jeremiah 31. A couple more verses. just want to give you the Old Testament because it's so good. So good. Verse 31. uh, The days are surely coming. What's he talking about? The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It will not be like the old covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, a covenant that they broke, though I was their husband. Do you remember two weeks ago, says the Lord? Two weeks ago we talked about the marriage covenant of the Old Testament. But this this, this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days says the Lord. I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. No longer shall they teach each other or say to each other, Know the Lord, for they shall all know Me from the least of them to the greatest, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and remember their sins no more. The age to come, we will be given the law of God on our hearts. God, we will be His people. There will be no more sin. So the age to come is marked by by uh, a new spirit, by a law uh, on the hearts of men, and by um, by no sin. Go to Ezekiel thirty six. Just uh, th- four more. You guys good? Yeah. People love it when I say "Come on, come on, come on." My wife hates it. It's like, where did you get that from? Verse twenty four. Verse 24, I will take you from the nations and gather you from all of the countries and bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean from all of your uncleanliness and from all your idols I will cleanse you. A new heart, God's going to give us a new heart, I will give you. A new spirit I will put within you. I will remove from your body your your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and make you follow my statues. In the age to come, it will be marked with a new heart, with a new spirit, with God's spirit indwelling in us. This is what they're anticipating. Is Daniel chapter 2. Go right to Daniel chapter 2. 
think it's one book over. Right? Yeah. Daniel chapter 2, verse 44. And in the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom, ding, 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 that shall never be destroyed. Nor shall this kingdom be left to another people. It shall crush all these kingdoms and bring them to an end, and it shall stand forever. When the age to come comes, Israel will conquer all all other nations, and God's kingdom will be established over the entire earth, and it will rule over all other kingdoms. This is what they're anticipating. They're waiting for this. Uh, Two more. Zechariah. It's right after Zephaniah. I'm sorry, Haggai. Oops. 14. Oops, uh, I'm sorry. Go to Joel. Let me throw one more in there. Sorry. Joel chapter 2, verse 28. You've heard this one before. We hear this in Acts. This is talking about um, the age to come. Joel 2, verse 28. Then afterwards I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female slaves in those days, I will pour out my Spirit. Now go to uh, Zechariah. It's the second to last book in the Old Testament, verse 14. I just want to make one more point and then we'll go on. Remember, this is about the age to come. They're anticipating all this stuff. And it says in verse 1, See, a day is coming for the Lord. Verse 6, On that day there shall not be um, either cold or frost. Verse 8, On that day living water shall flow out from Jerusalem. Verse 9, And the Lord will will become king over all the earth. On that day the Lord will be one and His his name one. In verse 20, on that day shall be inscribed on the bells of the horses, holy to the Lord. Do you think that Jesus knew what He was doing when He said, the time is fulfilled? Every single Jewish person would have known what He was talking about. He is speaking their language. They were anticipating a day when God would come in, the day of the Lord, and usher in the age to come. Go to that slide really quick. This is the the perspective of time that the Jewish community had. I stole this from Mike Geary. This is not my slide. Well, I did it, but it's his. Not that. Um, Do you have it? Killed my momentum, man. Come on. Come on. Man, tell me when it's up. I'll just sit here. I've prepared this morning, Larry. Just kidding. Love you, Larry. Can we give Larry a hand? Larry's... Larry has sacrificed himself to sit up with the other production team in the hot heat of the second level. Are, are we good? If not, I can just forget it. I could sing. Ah, no. Um, okay, so interlude. Um, Let's see, what, what kind of stories can I tell you? Um, fantasy football? Anyone playing fantasy football? Yep, okay. I got a big game today. I'm going to kill it. I'm going to win. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to keep going. Forget it. I'll, I'll f- forget the slide. Okay, so the, 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 um, if it ever comes up, we'll go back. But the, the Jewish community was expecting, if you can imagine a timeline like this. Okay, close your eyes, or look at my hand. This is known... <laughs> This is known 
as the present age, okay? And the present age was the time that they lived in. And the present age was marked as with sin, with death, with destruction, with evil, with injustice, with chaos. That's the present age. And then if you can imagine another line going up like this. This is the day of the Lord. And on that day, God ushers in through His intervention uh, the, the new age. And it was a cleverly named uh, age. It's called the age to come. And in the age to come, which is over here, you can see it, and some of you can't over there. The age to come is what we just read about. It's marked by shalom, by peace, by justice, by joy, by the Spirit, by new hearts. And so the, the Jewish community is anticipating this time. And Jesus comes in and He says, to everyone listening, the time is fulfilled. This is here. Wow. That's powerful stuff. And this is his message. He says the time is fulfilled. God's um, rule is here. The kingdom of God is here and it's present. And this is what... Um, I'll, I'll skip that second slide in just a second. So his message is this. The kingdom of God has come near. The kingdom of God. I was in uh, college, Bible college, and uh, the first Bible class I had was on the New Testament and it was really embarrassing because I didn't really know a lot. And I remember um, really pridefully answering a question that the, the professor asked. He said, Darren, or he said to the class, hey, what's the, the, the central message of Jesus Christ? And I raised my hand. I said, uh, love. And he said, you're wrong. And I, I was shocked. I'm like, what? I'm never wrong first. Second... <laughs> No, but I was shocked, and at that moment I realized I missed something of the gospel. The primary message of Jesus Christ is the kingdom of God. So don't leave here missing that question. What's the kingdom of God? Write this down. The kingdom of God is the sovereign rule or reign of God. Okay, you could say that the kingdom is the expression of God's desire for the whole of creation. Or you could say it's the way, God's kingdom is the way God intended the creation to be in the first place. Does that make sense? So the kingdom is very mysterious because Jesus will actually teach about it. So he'll go on and he'll, he'll talk in the Sermon on the Mount, which we've gone through, and he'll teach kingdom ethics. He'll basically say, hey, you've heard this from the law, you've heard this around you know, the, the, the culture, but I say to you this, this is what the kingdom looks like. If you want to be a steward or, or you want to be a participant in the kingdom, uh, you don't get angry in an inappropriate way. You don't look at people with lust. He'll talk about the kingdom um, as, as something that has ethics involved. He'll talk about kingdom with parables. And parables are so confusing. He'll even say, I speak in parables so some people don't get it. They're like, what, what's he talking about? So the kingdom, I want to just say, is this mysterious thing that Jesus makes his message about. And so let's just leave it at this. It's the, the primary expression or, or the way God intended all of creation to be in the first place. So think Genesis 1 and 2. Does that make sense? That's what the kingdom is about. And so what we see is, as we're going to walk through the gospel of Mark together, we're going to see what happens when, when, when Jesus brings this kingdom into life. 
when He brings the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, when, we, when He brings God's sovereign rule into life, what happens? Well, He'll be opposed by other kingdoms. Hang with me for a second. He'll be opposed by, by other kingdoms that are opposing the rule of God. He'll oppose evil, so He'll, he'll confront demons. We're going to talk about this on, on Halloween. How cool is that? <laughs> just so happened that it lined up. I'm not kidding. But we're going to see what happens when the kingdom, when the kingdom opposes the kingdoms of this world. So we see, we'll see Jesus come into place. And if you can think of Him as bringing in this, this expression of the way it's supposed to be in the first place, what happens? Well, people are healed. People are fed. People are given sight metaphorically and physically. Jesus will say this to a woman who's been full of many sins in Luke. Go in peace. Go in shalom. Go in wholeness. There's a, when Jesus brings the kingdom, there's a sense that God, He brings forgiveness. He brings God's harmony and shalom. When Jesus is walking in the Gospels, we're seeing the kingdom demonstrated through His life and ministry, through His words and through His actions. Does that make sense? The kingdom, God's expression, God's intended purpose is being demonstrated through the life, through the words, and through, the demonst- uh, through Jesus' ministry. Now, I know this is a, a cool concept, but this has incredible implications. But let's keep going with what he talks about. First of all, he says the kingdom has come. It's past tense. And, and it's perfect uh, tense, actually. Sorry, it's not past tense. It means um, when he says the kingdom have come, he's saying this. It has come. It's already here. And it's coming. And this is going to be some... some put, put your thinking caps on. Jesus says this, the kingdom of God has come. But it means that the kingdom of God has come and it is coming and it will come. The kingdom of God is at hand. It's here, but it's also coming. It's it's now and it's not yet. Let me show you with a slide what this this looks like because this this will be helpful for us. And I'm sorry if this confuses everything. I like slides to see it. Go to the next slide or I can do a song and dance until that comes up. No, come on. Um, so, so you see that this is, this is what was expected. That everyone that died would be raised from the dead. That's the Jewish concept on the day of the Lord. But Jesus comes. Is it going to come up? All right. Did anybody go to the, the drama day yesterday at the, at the community garden? You guys go? Oh, it's here. Okay. It's now and it's not yet. And here it is. So I know this is even more confusing. Uh, I just love theology. So let's just try to make this as simple as possible. So Jesus comes and he announces that the age to come is here. And he brings it with that first arrow. But then, uh, it, it's not fully here. How many of you would agree that not everyone that's died is raised from the dead? Raise your hand. Do you agree? How many of you agree that the whole earth is, is not covered with the knowledge of God right now? 
that there are kids starving. There are people dying because of injustice. There are systems, powers, and principalities that are, that are ruining creation. All of creation is not what it was intended to be in the first place. Would you agree with that? So what's going on? Well, kingdom, the kingdom message is that Jesus has come in 2,000 years ago, and it's like D-Day. He's landed on Normandy Beach. He's, he's bound the strong man, strong man and, and he's ushering in the age to come. In his ministry, in his life, all these things you see in Jesus' ministry, you see justice happening, you see the, fe- uh, the poor being preached to, you see the, the forgiveness, you see peace, you see all of these things that are marked in the age to come. Jesus himself is resurrected, so you see resurrection, but it's not fully here. Would you agree? So the, the, the concept of time we have to recognize is that we live in what's called the now and not yet of the kingdom of God, or between the first coming and the second coming. Are you with me? So, Jesus' first coming marks the day of the Lord, ushers in the kingdom of God, marked it with all of those things, and the present age is still here until Jesus' second coming. And when the second coming comes, God's going to sum up all things in Christ once and for all, and it will be marked by everything being done. All of creation will be married together. Genesis 1 and 2, Revelation 21 and 2, married. Heaven and earth married together. You guys with me? Good, I don't want to explain that again. So this kingdom reality is at hand. It's come near. It's as if Jesus is saying God's kingdom is a spatial reality. It's, It's this thin space. The heavenly realms are not this distant place. But it's like you can grab all of that stuff. So listen to the words that Jesus says. The kingdom of God has come near. You can, you, can, you can grab it. Uh, part of the language is, is the kingdom of God has come near. You can pluck it. The, the spatial reality that the presence of Yahweh is really close by. And this is where it turned for me. Jesus says, repent and believe in the good news. We know what repentance is, metanoia. It means to change direction, to change your mind, or to return home. But when you put repentance and belief together, it has this political kind of concept. It's as if Jesus is saying to people listening, this reality has come near to you. It's what they were anticipating. Align yourselves with my kingdom agenda. Let go of all other agendas you have all other uh, um, allegiances you might have to other kingdoms, to other concepts, to other philosophies, to other ways of life, align yourself with the kingdom reality that I'm showing you and believe. And belief is not just a cognitive concept. Jesus is saying this. The kingdom of God has come near. Align yourself with this new reality and participate in it. I'm not talking about repenting from sin and just cognitively accepting this as truth. I'm saying Jesus is inviting anyone and everyone to become a full participant in the inbreaking of the kingdom of God. 
Jesus invites us to participate in the restoring of all of creation. This changes everything. This changes our perspectives of what we're supposed to do. This may come as a shock to you because Christian culture has really done a poor job of of really dealing with uh, this exact thing. God does not want to save us from creation. Hear me on this. God does not want to save us from creation to be isolated and away from the rest of the world. God does not want to zap us away and forget all the stuff that's happening on the earth. God has rescued humans to become the, uh, the, the agents of transformation for the rest of creation, here and now. Some of you are, 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 are kind of confused. Let me say this. The kingdom message, the resurrection, the ascension, the gift of the Holy Spirit is designed not to take us away from earth, but rather to make us agents of transformation of this earth, anticipating the day when God will come again and sum up all things in Jesus. Some of us, and and I'm not going to make it about end time. Some of us have Tim LaHaye and the Left Behind series in our mind. And I just want to invite you to listen to the gospel message in the kingdom uh, from these two verses. He hasn't tried to rescue humans from creation, but he has rescued humans in order that the humans might be the rescuing stewards over creation. This is the kingdom dynamic. God has built into His message, the Gospel, a message through the work of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit to help uh, for us to help Him in the work of getting the project of earth back on project, back online. Let me say that again. I have a lot here, and I'm just, I'm really excited. I hope you guys get this. Because this, this really does change it all. God has built into the gospel message through the work of Jesus and the power of the Spirit for us, here and now, right here, right now, for us, to help in the work of getting the project back on track. This is the story. Genesis chapter 3, the fall of man. Sin enters into the world by Genesis 11. The whole earth is infected by this sin that happened with two people. Eventually, God tries to redeem it through Israel. So from Genesis chapter 3 to Revelation 21 to October 10th, 2010, our birthday, God is in the process of redeeming, renewing, and restoring all things to Himself through His people. Us. So when we talk about don't sit in pews at churches, we're saying don't let this just settle on Sunday. Take the power and the expression of Yahweh, shalom, justice, peace, joy, life, Holy Spirit, healing. Take that into your life.
Jesus, in this, these two verses, is inviting us to become full participants in bringing this and bringing life back to its created purpose, back to its intended purpose. So, how do we participate in this kingdom of God here and now? So I just want to backtrack. So we get that Jesus' message is one of, of, um, of expectation. Yahweh, the day of the Lord is here, ushering in the age to come. He brings the kingdom of God marked by all of those things. And then he says the, that kingdom that you've been waiting, it's, it's here and now you can grab it. If you align yourselves to me and to my agenda, then step, step into that reality. Don't just sit there thinking about it. Step into that reality and participate and become my agent of transformation of all creation, not just humans, but all of creation. How then do we participate? How do we do that? Well, first of all, guys, well, let me tell you two stories and then I'll tell you. I was... Uh, I was... Uh, I was a, um, let's see, when I was a kid, I'm trying to think of what I was going to tell you. When I was a kid, I think this will help some of you. When I was a kid, my parents would take us to places that kids shouldn't go, like antique shops and, uh, you know, glass houses and stuff like that. And uh, my, my dad, as we would walk in, I had two other brothers, and we were, we were, we were really well behaved. And, uh, but we fought a lot. We had fun. And uh, my, my dad would yell as we walked into the store, hey guys, thumb rule thumb rule. And that was simply that we, we held our thumb behind our back. It wasn't like we're going into prison. It was just like recognize that this is a shop that you could break stuff. So walk with your hands behind your back. But my experience in this as a kid and to my horror was that I felt anxious. I felt like I didn't belong there. I, sh I should just wait outside. I'm just a kid. I shouldn't be in this place. And then the looks you get from the store clerk as a kid, you know, with two other brothers that are young looking at these antiques, it was like they were looking at you as if you didn't belong either. You weren't a customer. So I, I felt as though uh, I, just, I just didn't belong. Another story was the uh, first time I got to go paintballing. I was in seventh grade, I think. And uh, my brothers and I, we were very active when we were young. We used to play Nerf guns all the time. Um, and uh, I remember getting the chance to go play play paintball at a real place at SC Village, and um, I, I mean, that whole week, we're just anticipating it, we're practicing in the back, doing rolls and ducks and dives, uh, I have like hockey gear under my, my camouflage, and we get there, and we're up really early, we prepared a whole day, and I'm just so excited anticipating getting to play paintball, remember, these are like, you know, 270 uh, feet per second balls coming at you. And uh, I was like seven years old, or I'm sorry, in seventh grade. And um, we get in there and they tell us the rules. And when they're sharing the rules, they're, they're saying some scary stuff like you could get killed, your eyes are going to splatter through your head, yada, yada, yada. And so I'm just this little kid, you know, with a little gun, like at this point, probably nervous, shaking. And I get in there and I see these guys that look like they're in the army. They've got way better guns than I do. They've got camouflage out. I mean, some guy's got like hay in the back. He's going to lay as a sniper. Like, you're just like... <laughs> 
this is not fair. And I get in there and I pay just as much as them. I have a paintball gum, gun. I have CO2. I have my camouflage. I have everything. I, I was anticipating this. And I get in and I stand and I see everyone else. And I'm like, I, this isn't for me. I didn't play half the, half the day. I just sat in the back. I didn't want to get shot. I was that kid. <laughs> no. So here I am. Recognizing that the point of buying it and, and getting all this stuff is to play paintball. And I just sat there. Because I, I saw others and I thought, that, you know, I'm not good enough. Or I looked at myself. I'm just, I'm just in seventh grade. My gut, my... You know, this is a rental gun. They're shooting this way. Like, what good am I going to do? The kingdom of God. Some of us hear us talk about this as a present reality. And we just think, this makes me really anxious. I talk about healing. Talk about shalom, wholeness. Talk about bringing that into your life. And some of you are just thinking, I just don't belong here. Or you see other people praying, or you see other people doing things. You see the TV, you see all these things, and you think, well, healing happens with those guys with those great suits on, and uh, those money clips. No. But you don't feel like you're good enough. And the message is this. Everyone gets to play. Everyone gets to play. This message says to your identity, according to the New Testament, you're holy, so be holy. You're righteous, so be righteous. Romans will say, hey, your sin is dead, so kill it. The identity is just be who you already are. You are a full participant in the kingdom reality. You get to play. Everyone. You don't have to have a degree. You don't have to be on the stage. In fact, that's, that's probably better that you don't. Wherever you go, you get to play. How do we build? How do we participate in the kingdom of God? One way is just to recognize that you get to play. No matter what. Some of you are thinking right now, well, I've done this sin. I've done this thing. And I just said this to my wife. And I, I can't. No. Where you're at, doesn't matter if you're in divorce. Doesn't matter. Jesus wants to use you as you are, not as you should be. Amen? That's good. That's good news. The other way it plays itself out in how we participate is Jesus says this, and this is frightening to me. Uh, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's not frightening. But he says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven in the place where your authority is lived out in practice. May that become done on earth. What that tells me is two things. One, that there are places where God's kingdom, God's authority, God's will is not happening. Does that make sense? It presupposes that there are places in, in the places that we live right here on earth that God's will is not being done. And the second thing it, or it suggests is that we have a part to play in that becoming a reality. Jesus invites us to pray for it. So how does this, uh, how does this play itself out? Um, when uh, A few years ago, uh, before I went to Bible college, uh, maybe some of you prayed like I did. 
Maybe some of you still do. I want to encourage you. Uh, it, it went something like this. You saw someone and they want prayer for uh, uh, their sickness. They have a cold. And I would pray, okay, God, if you desire or will or want, uh, maybe just, just could you possibly maybe just think about uh, just healing them. And then, uh, but if it's your will, God. You like the dance move? You dance around it. You pray with timidity. Right? And Jesus says, no, 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 no. You're full participant. Usher in God's kingdom. Now, that, that comes with an incredible amount of responsibility. We're going to read in a couple weeks that Jesus doesn't heal every sick person. Jesus doesn't cast out every demon. Jesus walks into a graveyard and doesn't raise all of the dead. He raises one. So what does that mean? If we're going to be full participants, we have to know what the Father's up to. It's a lot of responsibility on our part. But when we pray... We pray with boldness. We pray with boldness. I've seen, you guys, we all have stories. I've seen anxiety, 14 years of anxiety, chronic anxiety. I mean, pills since they were 12. In one prayer session, healed. It's been like a year and a half, no anxiety. I've seen, we have, we have uh, babies in our children's ministry that are miracle babies. Doctors said, there's no way you're going to get pregnant. They're healed. Not because of us, but because of God's ministry. When we pray, we pray with boldness. How do you participate in the kingdom? Pray with boldness. All we have to do is ask. But how many of us are asking? How many of, how many of us are really participating in this reality? Last question. How do you participate in the kingdom of God? Well, I want you to do this. Write this down. What are the ways that you participate in creating, in the creating an activity of justice, of beauty, of peace, of healing, of wholeness, of forgiveness? kindness, and the list goes on. How do you participate in those things? It doesn't mean you show up to church more. It means you take the reality of which you live in to the streets. It means you take the reality of which you live in to your second grade classroom. And you usher in the kingdom of God. Or to, to the construction site if you're a contractor. Or to the courtroom if you're a lawyer. Or to, 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 the, you know, to your clients if you're a tax accountant. To your, your personal training business. God's not trying to make a bunch, of, a bunch of people become church leaders in the church. He's trying to make agents of transformation in the world where they're at. So how do we participate? We plant gardens. We give cold cups of water out to those that are thirsty. We pray for healing. We recognize that we're participating. We paint the best pictures anyone's seen. We make the best music for the industry. And I'm not talking about the Christian industry. That's fine too. I'm saying we make the best music in any industry ever. That's how we participate. That's crazy, huh? So in conclusion, Jesus says, 
to a bunch of followers. And we're going to look at this next week, what it means to be a disciple. He says to his message, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. How many of you are aligning yourselves with this kingdom? Don't take my word for it. Go read the text. Go read commentaries. How many of you are participating as full participants in this reality? Shall we pray? All right. Lord, we thank You so much for Your Word. Lord, for the Old Testament and the New Testament of Scripture. And Lord, we thank You for the life that You lived on earth, for the cross, for Your resurrection, and for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus, I am so thankful that You invite us to participate. Lord, I pray as we, as we read and learn through this series I pray, Jesus, that we wouldn't just allow it to be a one-time thing. I pray that this would become the norm, that we would become full participants in this reign, your reign. I pray for my brothers and sisters that are, are hearing something and it's stirring in them. I pray, Jesus, that they would be good soil this morning, that uh, the word that was spoken to them would become a 120-fold ministry, Jesus. 100-fold. Lord, and I just pray that there would just be a release of your transforming agents this morning. And that we could truly align ourselves with you. Pray this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear other messages from the Garden, or would like to find out more about the Garden Church, check out our website at thegardenlb.org.